0: Man, you're shaking it all wrong. But shaking it's all I know. shh Let me show you how it's done. What's up pig floopers and welcome to another episode of flooping the pig. I'm Brad Garoon. That was my sad attempt at a sexy voice and I'm here with Justin Houston and Kevin Ford. And today we are going to transition from the first half of the Giant season 5 to the second half of the Giant season season 5 by kicking things off with the first LSP centric episode uh, in quite a while. Justin, talk to me about Candy Streets.
1: I'll try <laughs> Uh, I don't remember it like super good. I mean, I definitely just watched the episode for sure because I always prepare. But, uh, okay, so it starts with Finn and Jake like playing with some cats. And they're having like a cat party, and all of a sudden LSP comes in screaming, ah, screaming about something. And she's freaking out, and so, uh, Princess Bubblegum just drugs her. And they're like, what happened? And they're like, and she she says it was Pete Sass something. And you don't really know, it's just Pete Sass something. So, uh, and she just kind of crumples over. And so it's a mystery. And, uh, it's fitted Jake around the case. So they immediately go in like a, in a cop mode. And the whole episode, Jake just can't stop like turning into cop stuff. Um, and he mentions this. It kind of goes crazy with it. So, uh, they find a key a hotel she was staying at um, and so they go to the hotel and they even have like the dong dong like from uh, Law and Order which was uh, as a huge Law and Order fan I was kind of geeked out about that. Uh, they survey the crime scene that they find there um, which involved them kicking a door that was unlocked and uh, BMO is also there kind of invest- investigating in air quotes really just trying, drawing hand turkeys all over the walls um, so they find some blood, and he has to test, the, and, and sends BMO to test the blood, um, and then, so Bimo's out of there, and then they see there's a drugstore across the street, so Finn and Jake are like, let's book him, son, or something, and then they go, crash through the window, and, uh, they end up in, in, at the pharmacy, and the pharmacist doesn't remember much, except exactly what happened, um, <clears throat> which... I think was a guy named Pete Sassafras, and he had done some – he's the guy. He's the guy they're looking for, for sure. And so he's supposed to be at this exact spot, so they go, and they're waiting for him, and they talk about what it means to be cops, I think, or something. I don't know. And then – but they see him, or they see, like, a shady character, and they're like, that's ah, got to be him. Uh, so they go chasing after him, and they're, like, asking him serious questions, and he's kind of like, what are you talking about? And he just goes on the train. And then they can't catch them because some policemen brutalize them. And it's, and it's really graphic. And so, and the, and they're like, what are you doing? We're police officers too. So one of the cops, who are just, they're like big fat blueberries, they lick them and they're like, yeah, they taste like, uh, cops or something. I don't know. And then they go wandering off and you don't see them again. So they missed out on the guy except Jake is a car. And he kind of eats Finn, and Finn's horrified by this. And they go chasing after him. And uh, they catch up with him on the train. And Jake's really kind of exhausted, just in general, from chasing the train and also from transforming into all of these things. But he transforms into some cuffs. They take him to jail. They really mess with this guy's brain, like they pretend his lawyer shows up. And it's actually just like an outstretched part of Jake. And they tell him, basically, he's going to go to jail forever. It's pretty messed up. And so now they're, once again, they're in the Jake Carr thing, and they're eating some donuts, and they're talking about being cops forever and ever. Um, and then Bebo comes by, and they're like, did you finish the results? And it turns out that it was tomato sauce. It wasn't blood. And all the facts come rushing together, and uh, Finn has, like, a Sherlock moment where you're like, wait a minute, it has to do with uh, pizza, uh, and which... Uh, got delivered in some some way and so they went they go running after they go to this pizza place that's near there and uh, they say yeah we got a guy who delivered a pizza there and he's like, I think he's going to deliver one right now and they like call the Princess they don't even really call he just grabs the phone and goes Boo, boop, 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 and it just gets the princess and uh, and she says <laughs> I already released like she woke up uh, LSP woke up. And she's back at her apartment, and Finn screams, Oh, my jam! And then they go running after, back to the apartment to stop whatever this guy's gonna do, and they get there, and it turns out that, uh, she, like, they get, they burst in the door again that's been, like, taped back together. And, I don't know, she's, like, tackling him, or, like, sitting on him, and they're, like, What is going on? And she's, like, He stole something from me, stole my heart. And it's just another – it's basically just more LSP nonsense. And so they, they make sure the pizza guy, like, gets away, and then they go crashing through who window again. So that's the whole episode. It's one of my favorites. I love this episode because I love cop procedurals. So I'm interested to know what other people think of it. And you're other people, Kevin. Well, I mean, I'm
2: also a biased person because I love LSP, and I was just excited to see her again because it's been <laughs> – I don't even know how long. But just in general, I, I liked it. It was a, a fun episode, a fun mystery episode. And I liked the really silly conclusion with LSP again falling for some random pizza guy I assume we never see again. But that's just how she rolls. And uh, I like Jake's changing into stuff, how he couldn't stop changing into cop stuff, like literally couldn't stop doing it. And uh, Finn's reaction to going through him and turning into the car was classic. So... Yeah, this is another just fun, adventurous type of
0: episode. Yeah, the cop stuff was great. I like that Jake treated it like an addiction that was really a problem. Uh, Justin, you remembered it really well for a guy who doesn't remember it so well. That was a very detailed recap.
1: Well, I got I appreciate that. I got lucky because it really is one of my favorites, and it's one that uh there's just there's lots of in jokes to cop procedurals on uh, that type of thing. Um, that type of uh, I mean, there's tons of them. Uh, not just law and order, but uh, just in general, or just the behavior of cops, really, like, you know, kicking down doors and bursting through windows and the cars and stuff like that. Just uh, the whole thing kind of feels like, like if you've ever seen the Beastie Boys video Sabotage, like there's a like a feeling of that, of just like people playing cops almost and kind of the, the exhilaration that comes from that. And they even talk about it. They're like, maybe we should do this. Let's do this forever, even though it turns out they're kind of awful police officers um so that helped that i love it a lot and my one of my favorite moments and the one that Mike kid having me do over and over again is the one where he picks up the phone and doesn't dial and just goes <laughs> one of my favorite all-time uh it's a small moment but one of my favorite adventure time moments
0: well that's actually how um touchtone phones work they dial based on sound not based on the buttons being pressed so that's technically correct
1: Right, but the idea that they have a, that they have this in the Candy Kingdom, and that they have like a, uh, an, an item like this is, I don't know. It's, I mean, it does make sense, uh, in, in a sense, but it's, uh, it was just very surprising. And it made yeah. my kid laugh every time.
0: It's it's a very funny noise, although mm-hmm. the movie Hacker, and, and it is the movie Hackers that taught me that making the sound is what makes the phone work. <laughs> and as we all know, Hackers is an accurate depiction of every single thing that appears in that movie, especially that computer hacking happens because you visualize the Internet, um, and that's what comes up on your screen, just floating formulas and stuff like that. That's definitely what hacking looks like in real life. Yeah.
1: Maybe not as realistic as Lawnmower Man, but close.
0: Right, but Lawnmower Man has the benefit of also being about virtual reality, and yeah. lawnmower Man, 2, back to the lawn is even better
1: That's not really
0: the subtitle is that is
2: that true of that? <laughs>
0: no, I think it's like deeper space or something like that lawn it's definitely there's definitely a subtitle.
2: I can't believe the lawnmower Man's a real thing. I'd never heard of it
0: <laughs> oh, it's well, it's not well, actually, it is about a lawnmower man, <laughs> lawnmower Man 2, beyond cyberspace Heres is, is better. One- is what the film, yeah, Back to the Lawn. Back to the Lawn, yo. What else about this episode? It has one of those absurd endings that we get every once in a while where Finn and Jake just crash out the window. Pretty good stuff. But I like the the parts where Jake is so addicted to becoming cop stuff that he forces it on Finn. Like when he becomes a pipe and shoves himself <laughs> yes. in Finn's mouth. Or when he becomes, like Justin said, when he becomes a car and eats Finn and Finn is really disturbed by this. Those were he the ones sort of- I remember.
1: And it never deviates far from just Jakeness, where he's the car and they have donuts and then he eats the donuts as the car and then he becomes the donut like that's that's very jake
0: it's very and then then finn's just sitting on the ground it's very funny um it actually there's an upcoming episode that was just revealed at comic-con called jake the brick and i watched the trailer for it and i wonder if uh if it'll be similar because in the trailer jake is quite literally a brick in a house right another thing that we saw is the episode Wizards Only Fools, which, is, which was the season 5A, the first half of season 5 finale. Uh, now, I remember when this episode came out that I thought this was the season 5 finale completely, and I was very disappointed. Not because it's a bad episode, because it's not, but because it's just not what we've come to expect, or it was, it was not even close to what the season 4 finale was. So let me, let me break it down for you. We get the grand, great return of Starchy, and he's sick. He's got a cold. But he won't let uh nurse Poundcake or Princess Bubblegum administer medicine to him because he believes in magic. So uh Finn and Jake decide that they've gotta go to uh the Wizard Wizard Town, was it? Wizard Town? Wizard Land? Wizard Town probably, right? Uh sure. yeah. Okay. So these they gotta go to the wizard spot, um, which we've seen before, Ice King's gone there before to get um, a cold cold magic, a cold spell. So, to stop his cold. So they, Princess Bubblegum really doesn't want to do this because she thinks that all magic is just science, uh, with theater, and everyone else sort of believes in magic, but you know how Bubblegum is, she's all about the science, uh, no magic. So, they, Finn and Jake and Bubblegum, oh also you're not allowed to be in Wizard Town if you're not a wizard, on penalty of death. So Finn and Jake and Bubblegum put on wizard outfits, and Finn and Jake to the mountain where they know Wizard Town is, but they can't get in. And there's a funny bit where, both here and when Bubblegum asks Finn to help in the first place, Finn sort of acts like he's not going to do it, like he's quitting, he doesn't feel like it, but he he, uh, it's a JK moment very quickly, and he he buries the lead on both jokes, which is funny. Anyway, Bubblegum shows up when Finn and Jake can't get in on their own and um, plays a recording of herself beating up Ice King until he gives them uh, the password, which has to be said by a wizard, so... The recording of Ice King saying, Wizard's Rule gets them into Wizard Town. And they're looking for a cold spell, and as they're searching through Wizard Town, they see a guy who had been pretending to be a wizard, uh, surrounded by a security force, who shouts at him for not being a wizard, and then they turn him into a staff or a magic wand. Um, Some kind of contraption, but essentially they kill him for not being a wizard. Uh, the, our group runs into, um, Rick, uh, Ron James's magic emporium, magic spell emporium, whatever, and he's funny, has a cute mm-hmm. voice, and he tells them he's all about that skilly and scatlin and selling spells, and he wants to sell them a cold spell. But Bubblegum asks a few too many questions about what's inside the cold spell, and when Ron James says it's magic, and Bubblegum says what, asks what the magic is made of, Ron James realizes that they're not real wizards, and he sets off the alarm and the chase is on. As they're running away, they run into Abraka Daniel, who helps them get into this wizard, this little wizard club. And we've seen this wizard club before. Ice King's tried to be a part of it, and now we see that Abraka Daniel is trying very hard to be a part of it. And it's uh, the cool wizards, which are the Forest Wizard and Bufo. And um, I don't know who the third like uh, diamond-shaped wizard is. But he's also there. And that turns into, like, they don't want them to be there, but then the guards break in and say that the the Cool Wizard Club has been harboring fugitives. They escape, the Cool Wizards escape, and Finn and Jake and Princess Bubblegum realize that the cold spell is actually a cold spell, as in it produces cold, so they use that to freeze everything in the hideout, and then they escape Wizard Town. They go back to the Candy Kingdom empty-handed, and Bubblegum does a magic spell, says foo, and then just stabs uh, Starchy with the scientific shot of cold medicine. Um, and that's it. What did you think, Kev?
2: It was an interesting episode. Another example of Princess Bubblegum just kind of being a jerk. Um, Starchy's funny, so I like the moments we got with him. Wizard Town's an interesting place. I'd, I'd like to see that explored a little more, but... Overall, yeah, I thought it was a good episode, but it didn't like stick with me too much. You know what I mean? I do, Justin.
1: Yeah, lots of, lots of good individual stuff. Uh, you know, some of the jokes, and uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, the, the beginning sequences where they when they're trying to get into a Wizard Town or Wizardville, or whatever, and uh was it Finn that like tries to fake it out, like he like he's like, oh well, I guess, and he like turns around and tries to charge and just kind of runs into it.
0: Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Before. Yeah, I thought
1: that's I thought that's what you were talking about. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that I I love that part. I love the little the brief bit involving uh, Ice King where you, you just get his recording and his unwillingness to let them in. Um, and yeah, everything to do with um, that that area, the, the Wizard Town area, is uh, fairly interesting. And there there's just lots of colorful characters that you just kind of blow right by. It reminded me of City of Thieves where things are happening so quickly, you don't really get a chance to take it all in. Um, But I mean, not my favorite episode by any stretch, but I I, I thought it was still really good.
0: Yeah. uh, It's cute. It's one that ages well upon repeat viewings. And we do actually, we don't really see more of Wizard Town itself. Actually, that's a lie. We do see more of Wizard Town in the second half of season five. And we see more of like Wizard Town politics in an episode in season six. So we'll definitely be coming back to this place. Um, another thing that we revisit is the rivalry between Finn and Jake in the episode Jake Suit. Take it away, K-Ford.
2: So the Jake Suit is what it sounds like. It's Finn getting himself engulfed in Jake and using his... Basically, his body is kind of like a suit of armor. He'll smash around the treehouse. He has b throw hot coffee on him. He jumps out of the treehouse onto this fence. And while it makes Finn feel powerful, and invincible, it's really hurting Jake, because it is his body. So later on, when he's outside of his body, the bottom of his, of, of Jake is really bruised up, and he's a little upset that, that Finn roughhoused with him. And Finn kind of shrugs it off, tells him to not be a wuss, and Jake says, well, you know what, if I were to control you, you would see just how much it hurt. So, Finn accepts his challenge, and he goes inside of ...of Finn and starts controlling him. But he's can't really hurt him with his own hands. Like, he can just lightly slap him in the face. So he can't really do any physical harm. So instead, he decides to try to hurt Finn in other ways. He grabs this uh, dream journal of a boring man book... ...to make Finn read it in hopes to torturing him with boredom. But what happens is that Jake falls asleep... ...and Finn really gets into the book. So then Jake decides to call it a truce for a little bit... ...so he can make them some food... But Finn actually says, you know, this is an opportunity for you to really uh, really do some damage. So Jake decides that he's going to make Meatloaf, Finn's favorite food, and Jake eats it all himself to get to Finn admit that he was wrong. But Finn remains steadfast. Then Finn has a special occasion phone that's ringing, and he doesn't get to answer it, but he sees that it's from Flame Princess. So he he doesn't answer because he's embarrassed that or he was worried that Jake's going to make him say something embarrassing. And after he says that, Jake, of course, takes him over to Flame Princess, where a lot of her extended family is like her siblings from out of town, her judgmental aunt and uncle. And what Jake does is he forces Finn to pull down his pants, take off his shirt, down to his underwear, and sing the I'm Above Baby Who Can Dance Like a Man song while stuffing all the contents of the, the dining table into his underwear. And they're, of course, horrified by this. But then Flame Princess sees that Jake is in the back of Finn controlling him and then wishes Finn the best of luck with the bet, and they go and leave. They end up going to Lady Rainicorn's house. And they go inside, and she asks where Jake is. And Jake stretches his head out of the body and says that he's controlling him. And their kid TV passes by and heads at the computer. And uh, he kind of wants some advice from Lady Rainicorn about the bets how to win it, and TV's actually the one who advises that he jumps into a volcano. So Jake thinks that's a good idea, heads to the uh, volcano, and he uses uh, the firewolves and some kibble that he has uh, to bait them into attacking Finn. And uh, he realizes, though, that as they are licking Finn's face, the heat from them doesn't really bother Finn at all. So Jake takes Finn to the volcano and starts lowering him to lava, But it becomes kind of clear that Finn's not afraid of getting his skull burned or anything. And Jake just realizes that Finn's a crazy person. He's not going to give up and and pulls him out of the volcano. Leaves the body and admits that he's defeat. And uh, Finn's really happy about this. And then he jumps back into the Jake suit. And you see him jump into the volcano. And then the episode ends. They're in the Candy Kingdom Hospital. They're in full body casts. And in an awesome callback, the clown nurses come in and they say they're going to heal uh, them by kissing them all over. And the nice callback is they remember in the, a previous episode that Finn hates this, but Jake loves it. So it ends with Finn screaming and Jake saying, Yay! Great, bizarre, fun episode. Really enjoyed it. What would you think, Brad?
0: Um, I I really, really disliked this one when I first saw it, because... And I still kind of have problems with it, because I think that it portrays Finn as a lot more careless than... I believe him to be. It felt out of character for me. I like the ending because Finn got his comeuppance. I don't think Jake is so much cheering because he likes being smooched, but because he likes that Finn doesn't like being smooched. And I think that Jake got a little bit of satisfaction out of that. It's funny. I like that we saw the return of TV. I like that we saw a little bit more of Flame Princess's family. But overall, what's stuck in my craw is that Finn just seemed a little bit more heartless in this episode than I would have expected. Uh, and not even heartless, because I don't think that he dislikes Jake and, like, meant to hurt him, but a little bit more, like, single-minded. Like, I'm this way, I am nuts, or I'm going through this, like, crazy time where all I want to do is expend like, energy, and, you know, we've all been there when we're, like, 15, 16 years old. But I just don't believe that he would have done it at the expense of Jake without thinking about Jake. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Justin?
1: I I felt it was it was pretty in character. I mean, really, the 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 clown nurses being there, kind of tied it together to the way he was previously, which was he's he's at an age where that that stubbornness sometimes he just it's sort of you know he wears it you know like a suit of armor you know it's just it's his way and that's just the way it is you know we we've seen it we We haven't seen it in direct conflict with another character, so maybe it doesn't seem it doesn't put a lens on or magnify how you know selfish that can be um and and also because in that episode that he did those things where he just said "My way" and took advantage of them, he was kind of strictly running into jerks until he ran into a nice couple that really kind that kind of set him over the edge and realized that maybe he shouldn't act this way, but then he decided to act that way anyway so um, I, I felt it was right in line with it. I think the message is kind of crazy uh, that they send. I feel like Jake was certainly in the right. It kind of feels like a a Fry and Bender episode, uh, where of uh, Futurama, where they learn a lesson, but they learn it backwards almost. Uh, and but it's just it's those two, so you just sort of accept that that's part of their friendship that. You know, one's very headstrong and and believes what he believes, and the other one just kind of you know goes with the flow and and kind of yeah, can agree with his buddy, even when I feel like Jake was was kind of right to assume that, um, you know Finn should have been more careful with him, but I don't think he was too out of the character, and I, and I love I think the episode's great and really funny.
0: I did like the line that Jake used right before he was or as he was lowering Finn into the volcano. Stuff like, this is pretty much going to mess up your entire life, man. Um,
2: He's <laughs> like, oh, like, you don't care, bring it.
0: Yeah, so that was pretty good. I'm also wondering, but, I'm
2: excited for your guest voice round because I'm wondering if TV was voiced by who I think it was voiced by.
0: It was. Okay. Um, should we jump the shark and start with voices and then go into the Snail? No, wait. We also have was, another episode yeah. to do. Yeah, A whole other episode. Oh, right, let's do a whole other episode. It's a great episode uh, called Be More. Um, where we finally find the origin of Bimo, but not the gender. Although I guess it's sort of cleared up in that BMO officially really doesn't have a gender. Um, so BMO has a problem. Uh, he's kind of um, cutting, in, in a matter of speaking. He is deleting some of his drivers and important files, which gives him a high not so different than the way cutters get in, um, an endorphin rush from cutting. Uh but eventually he deletes a driver that's very important. It's like a core system driver, and he gets very sick. and it's almost like alcohol poisoning if I'm allowed to mix metaphors. And uh, Finn and Jake find him, passed out, and they he lets them know that he has uh, files inside of his system to lead them to um, moco, where he was where he was um, manufactured, and that's in the badlands. So they go out there. And the walkout to Moko is filled with very funny lines between Finn and and Bimo uh, that are mostly made up of Bimo's stutter that's caused by his illness. Um so they get to Moko and uh I believe it's Demo, a new uh our first Mo that we're introduced to that isn't Bimo uh won't let them won't let them in unless they're Moes. Uh I mean um um BMO actually uh, warn them of this beforehand. So Jake shapeshifts into uh, Mo and uh, Bimo, and Finn sort of do uh, little rascal style disguise to make them both look like one Mo, Fmo and Jmo. So Demo lets them in and gives them a tour of Moco and tells them about um, Mosif, whatever his name is, uh, the creator of the Moes, um, and how he created this pristine factory that brought robots to life for years and years and as they're hearing the speech they see that the factory is completely in shambles and obviously hasn't really been in use for a while um, eventually Finn and Bimo try to uh, get BMO into a driver port so they can renew his his files without wiping his memory which was the fear at the beginning that his whole personality and all his memories would be wiped uh, and this tips off the security modes that they're actually not robots. So, so this turns into a big and very interesting chase scene. Um, oh, but first, uh, BMO, B- Finn, and Jake have to get a map of Moco to get down to, um, another port. And, um, that leads to a very funny scene where a bunch of security mo's are talking to each other and they all listen. They're, they're obviously trying to act human but are having difficulty just like BMO does. Um, so they steal the map. That they download from another um, mo, which looks a little bit rapey in the way that they do it, and then they go on this very cool chase. It's very video game esque, cool chase, and then they end up in this pit. Uh, and in the pit, they meet Moses the the owner and creator of the moes, who's been alive on life support for a, over for about a thousand years, and he's essentially the first human, real human, confirmed human that we meet. Uh, that is in Finn, although he says that really at this point only his skin is human because he's he's so on life support. But at any rate, it's a person of Finn's race that we meet, which so that's interesting. And he tells us that BMO is the only version of BMO. There are lots of Amos, maybe we don't see any, but there are Simos, Dimos, Emos, Fmos. Through there are Hartmos, all kinds of Mos, but there's only one Bimo because he was made to be different. He was made to experience life and uh, learn how to have fun and to be more. Uh, and then Bemo meets his family, all the other Mos in this sewer-like hole, and that is the end of this very delightful and fun episode. Um, Justin, what do you think of it?
1: Yeah, that, that episode is a, a good episode. It's an adorable episode. Um, I it was kind of my first experience with getting little bits and pieces of an episode too, so which was kind of fun, like hearing they like is uh, or the the person that voiced the uh, the main robot that you hear a lot um was someone that they brought in kind of at the last minute. Um maybe as a replacement or something like that, but uh and they fit perfectly, so I thought that was cool. Um good action stuff like I don't know, it's uh it's not the answer I was expecting at all, but I'm it's it's you know, I'm happy with the one that I
0: got. Yeah, it's kind of like a Pinocchio situation, although Bimo never gets to fully realize it. Uh, Kevin, what'd you think?
2: You know what's funny is when I, um, when I first was watching this episode and they get to the, uh, the Mo factory, I kind of got a vibe from, like, uh, from Portal 2, where it's like this, this factory that's creating these things, and that that's what you see on the surface, but underneath it, the, the motives and such aren't so, aren't, aren't so kind, and there's some, there's some evil seediness going on with it, and I was really expecting to sort of, get a little more immersed in the world that they were going for. And the the direction obviously didn't turn out that way at all. But I was expecting to learn a lot more about this world that BMO came from than we did. Uh, I liked what we learned, and I thought it was a good episode, but I I was left wanting more in sort of a good way. Like, maybe this is something they can explore again in the future, or I would really like to see an episode explaining more about this kind of stuff, because I do think there's a lot of potential in that world and what they can do with it.
0: Yeah, I think we will, they will come back to it eventually. Um, mostly because they introduced an infinite amount of characters in this episode, essentially. And beyond that, we've seen that they keep going back to a lot of things. So, this happened at the very beginning of the second half of season five. We're now in the second half of well, we assume the second half of season six, which is half the size of season five, so maybe we'll get some now. Maybe we'll get some in season seven. Who knows? If season five maybe will be long, like season season six will be long, like season five was. Who knows? But I think we'll see more of at least Mosif or the Mos. I think I think we're gonna see Amo at some point because uh, he was it was conspicuous in its absence.
1: Yeah, and the original iteration of uh, of Amo uh, or the idea of what he was supposed to be. Is uh, it's out there and, and pretty well known. So yeah, you can um, talk
0: about it. It's cool. We're there now.
1: That's sort of well. I, I you know I don't want to say anything just because they
0: might run with the idea. Well, I don't so, think they uh, will, and I'll tell you why. I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. So I I'll I'll be the one who takes the flack if this is a spoiler, but I don't think it is. So Amo was originally conceived to be essentially the opposite of Simo which is the tiny little uh, Mo that we saw in this episode, and we saw him in Pahoy, which was obviously supposed to air after this episode. Um, And Amo was supposed to be the opposite in that he was supposed to be gigantic, like planet-sized, like a Death Star. Um, But the reason I don't think that that's the case is because when Finn and Jake and Vimo are falling through the different levels of the... Factory, they fall through Amo's bedroom, and Amo is, has a regular size bed. Yeah, I so don't know I what thi- to do Right. That. So I think Amo's going to be. I think Amo might end up being like a human, like a human version of a Mo. And it was a first. Like it might have been Mosef's partner, or, or maybe it was just its first attempt. I think Amo is essentially. I said B-Mo's Pinocchio earlier. I think Amo might actually be like Mosef's Pinocchio. And I think he's going to be regular size.
2: I forgot about semo so other weird. Theory
0: about, yeah, you know, once I found
1: out what Amo was, I had a whole other idea about it that tied into um, DEMO's other name for him or herself, uh, football, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, with the whole bed thing that really that can't come to fruition
0: well, so, I'm curious, just for the sake of curiosity, what was your theory
1: well i I wondered the football is such a specific name. I tried to think of the connotations and once I heard that that AMO was like a giant, I mean, to me, it was like a giant weapon, you know? Um, you build something like that, I thought that AMO was the weapon and BMO would be the one to decide what the weapons was used to give it uh consciousness and to give it, um, you know, some sort of emotional connection, emotional range. And the, the, the way it ties in is that, uh if I remember correctly, football was an old term used for uh, when they would, uh, like had launch codes and things like that, it was in like a, a uh, like a big, like briefcase they would keep, like launch codes. This was way back in like the 70s, um, and the code word for it was the football. And if anything disastrous happened, like they would have to, like, smuggle it out, and that was always kind of the code word for it. So he is literally the, 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 the living embodiment of the thing that decides to use this living weapon. Uh, so that was my far fetched idea as to what BMO was.
0: That's interesting. I do think Mo saying that BMO is some I think the the other thing that sort of spoils that theory is that Mo says BMO is supposed to be just like out there having fun, not and nothing really more than that.
1: Right, nothing serious. And that was you know, that's and that's what kind of makes BMO that's why I like this answer is because it's not a serious sort of um i mean i'm i'm just as happy with that as i would be if i'd gotten you know something else uh, or gotten the answer or gotten the the story that i thought they were going to tell because it keeps you know bimo good and pure and um adorable and not something scary and awful
0: yeah i do wonder um if having fun went a little too far i hope bimo kicks his um his file deleting addiction.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's 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 awful. Like I don't know why <laughs> people would do that.
0: Because it feels good. It's a rush, man. Ugh. Why do I masturbate? I know it's bad for me. Makes me feel sad. Makes my gray matter slide down to the to my toes. And it also makes me lethargic. And it um. Does it really be, do
2: all those things? I thought it was good for you.
0: It's good for you physically, I think, but I think, um, brain-wise, it, it, it doesn't, like, have any long-term effects, but while you're doing it, it, it makes you, um, like, it really messes with your brain functioning. But then, like, you stop doing it and you're fine. Right. Then Um, you just feel shame. Yeah, but that's in, that's, that's put into us. That's not (laughs) natural. (laughs) Or is it? Or you feel like you've wasted your time.
2: Or I say or I think okay I can stop looking at Justin's pictures now.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's just like a lot of looking at pictures of Justin. So it's like enough already. Never should have agreed to that photo shoot. So Kevin, why don't you tell us about times you looked at videos of snails?
2: I can do that. That's on a weekly basis it would seem. Uh in Candy Streets there's a birdcage. I guess bird cages in the prison after they put uh Pete Sassafras in there and the snails hanging out in one of them. In Wizards Only Fool, the snail's in this bubble in the Grandmaster Wizard's castle when he senses them all to go to Wizard Prison. And then in Jake's Suit, he's on one of the shelves in the treehouse at the very beginning when Finn is in the Jake Suit showing Bimo all his stuff. And then Bimo and he's in one of the rooms that Finn, Jake, and Bimo fall through when they're going through the floors. I don't know if it was Amo's room or not, but it was one of them. And that's where the snail was this week.
0: Cool. Oh, that's another thing. Is when they go through the driver room, where it says amo, bmo, cmo, dmo, emo. You um, uh, amo is boarded up. So we we know that's another like tip that he's small, but we don't know what shape he is. So I thought that was a cool, a cool way to keep that mystery going. I wonder if anyone but us cares about this mystery. <laughs> not a chance. Probably not. Although, you know, what, guys, I in some. Pre- pretty wild theories on the internets about stuff that goes on anew. Most of them are dumb, but some of them are pretty wild and interesting. Uh, I'm definitely not killing time because my computer is being slow as I look up the voice actor this week. But but there were a lot of voice actors this week, so that's pretty cool. Um, Some you know, some you might know, might not know. Um, Please load. Come on. What the the hell are you doing? What are you doing? It's stuck on the hard easy, but that was forever ago. I'll look on my phone. Elmo knows where you live. What is that? (laughs) What is that? Why being scary? That's
1: that's from The Simpsons when Homer upsets PBS.
2: (laughs) That's Mm. true. Oscar screams something really great too. Oh, it's oh, is it? Is a beautiful day to kick your ass?
0: Yes, that was uh, Mister Rogers. Well, speaking of PBS, there are voice actors on that channel and there are voice actors here. Uh Jim Cummings <laughs> the voice of the new Winnie the Pooh uh was the voice of um Pete Sassafras in Candy Streets. In Wizard's Only Fool, Junk Duncan Trussell returns as um doesn't return, sorry, debuts as uh, Ron James and Maurice LaMarche returns. Maurice LaMarche was the voice of The Brain in the Pinky the Brain. He returns as the Grand Master Wizard. Duncan Trussell is a comedian. Um, in Jake's suit, ba ba ba, you're welcome, Kevin. Dan Mintz is the voice of TV. I assume that's who you thought it was. Yeah, Tina from Bob's Burgers, right? Exactly, which is nice because, um, the other voice we know for from Jake's Kids is Kristen Shaw who is also a voice of one of the kids on Bob's Burgers. That's right. Yeah. Sadly, that's where that ends. Uh, a yeah, lot of people were yeah, hoping that that would continue, but that's what, that's the end of that. Yeah.
1: Don't don't get excited for that. It does not form a pattern, and it is right. it's not disappointing though. That's the
2: good. So thing. there's no Eugene Merman coming in.
0: Not yet. Oh. And all of the we've heard the voices of all but one of the kids. Oh man. One of Jake's kids. So. Yeah, it's a drag. Um, I don't what? see Eugene Merman being that voice, though. I just, I don't see it. It has to be, though. No, it doesn't. I mean, maybe if the voice looks completely different than the character, but. It's a, there's a good, there are, there is a good voice for, for, um, Kim Kilwan, though. Don't worry. It's All right. coming up. Alright, cool, cool. Um, and then we have a few cool, uh, voices in Be More. Aziz Ansari is the voice of Demo. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins is the voice of the security mo's. And Chuck McCann, I believe, is the voice of, uh, Mosif. Um, I don't know offhand who Chuck McCann is. I'm sure I knew at one point. Um, I'm going to slowly look at who he is.
1: This is the guy in Ocean's Eleven.
0: Which one? He, he, he wasn't in the twelfth
1: one, and then but he came back in the thirteenth one.
0: Which which guy was he?
1: The the one that steals the money.
0: No. That's incorrect. Chuck McCann. Is an American film actor, television actor, stage actor, and voice actor. But he, I'm looking at his picture. He most certainly was not in Oceans 11 or 12 or 13. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure you're thinking of, um, of Carl Reiner.
1: I'm not thinking of anybody. I don't know who Chuck McCann is.
0: I just, am oh. just filling time for you, buddy. Alright, well, Chuck McCann is old and so is Mosef. But thank you. Um, you know what you can do for me instead of killing time, Justin? What? You can talk about Twitter.
1: Okay, um, yeah, I got rid of all my social networks. I'm just at uh, justinhoustonisagoodperson.com com now. So go there for my um, my hourly blogs. Uh, I am performing at Atlanta's Punchline on September third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventeenth,
2: and then the third again. Um, Kevin, just coffee dot co op. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm on Twitter at kford13. Uh, you can also follow this website, Pro Wrestling Ponderings, which has an Adventure Time podcast for some reason, at PWPonderings on Twitter, or go to pwponderings.com to download episodes on Mondays. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher Radio by searching for PWP Podcasts. If you do that, you get them on Sundays, usually. That's pretty cool. Brad?
0: I guess I'll keep this going. Um, I don't know much about um, fantasy football. I'm not really a football fan. Uh, I, I've never played fantasy before, but fanduel.com is a place where you can apparently win money doing fantasy football. You can follow me at Garoongate on Twitter and also at Burger Weekly on Twitter. You can go to burgerweekly dot com. you can visit Burger Weekly on Facebook and Instagram. I, I recommend Instagram. I'm on Instagram as Brad Garoon because so that's my name. You guys got anything else? Any any cool plans coming up for the long weekend? Is it a long weekend? Oh wait. For one thing, no one's going to hear this until the weekend's over. And for another, only Jews who work at Jewish places get along with <laughs> Well, to all the Jews and all the rest of you, thanks for flooping the pig. I flooped the pig.